Welcome everyone to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me again as always is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. Anything else you want to say to that? Want to oh my that? god. You, you, you need a little quick pop at the end. There's no shame in his game because he's always the same. That's me. Oh, Grumpy, you freaking you, you jumped it early last time, so I wasn't sure if you're just gonna jump it again this time, Grump. Nope. Didn't I'm not I was not gonna jump it early today. Sorry. <laughs> you remembered. No, that's right. <laughs> I did. Oh goodness. Grumpy old man, Islanders news. Um hold again. On. Hold on. Do we have a sponsor we need to talk about? Yeah, we're going to get to that in a second, Grump. I will handle all that, Grumpy old man. Grumpy. Uh, Islanders play well against the uh, the Buffalo Sabres, uh, featuring, again, a nice uh, a nice goal there, uh, I think, by Jean-Gabriel Pajot off of uh, power play momentum going, Grumpy old man. Took care of business against a team we should have taken care of business against, Grumpy. Yeah, we didn't come out uh... – on fire in the first period. And I think Buffalo played a lot better than they had the first two games they played us, which is to be expected, right? I mean, they had 15 days off and you're starting to see them round rounded to form a little bit, which made them a tougher opponent. Uh, but we took care of business, which is what we have to do, honestly, against the weaker teams. I mean, we got three big games coming up this weekend. Uh, yeah, Grumpy, you're talking about, well, not even this weekend. I mean, it starts Thursday, right? You play the Boston Bruins on Thursday. Then you've got the Penguins back to back scenario Saturday and Sunday. So, again, three teams that are going to be teams that are all vying for playoff spots and are pretty dominant teams there in the division uh, and three games in a four day stretch. So, again, uh, getting tested here uh, over this next little stretch. And again, after this, we're going to see a little bit of an easier schedule there. I think we play the Devils three times and then we go ahead and play the Sabres three times over a seven game stretch before that 12 game gauntlet, Grumpy. Yeah, and a lot of home games coming up for us. So we really need to make hay uh, in the next couple of weeks before the gauntlet, as you call it, uh, is, a, is hitting. Yeah, grumpy old man, that's for certain. Uh, we will go ahead and get here to the sponsor, uh, DraftKings. Um, you heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how a payday can become every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action, ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat to all the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement every night, and it's that, and it's simple to do. Uh, draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with DraftKings line on the line. Um, DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its users across all sports, and DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, you can download the DraftKings app and sign up using the code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Um, only at DraftKings. Uh, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions reply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right. Nice job, TJ. Very uh, impressive. Takes, 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 a, takes a little practice here, Grump. We're going to go ahead and strap you up and make you read some, some of those. That's a mistake. I'm going to tell you right now. If I, if I have to read it, not good. If you let me wing it, it'll be fine. Because <laughs> I'm going to let it rain. 
Oh, God almighty. Let it rain, Grumpy. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, initial reactions, though, Grumpy. I know we didn't have a good... I think I think we were at shots pretty, if I remember, pretty significantly in the first period against uh, the Sabres. Um, but it is, again, reassuring that we are taking business, are taking care of business against the lesser the lesser teams towards the bottom of the division, Grumpy old man. But what's your initial take after the Sabres game here um, earlier on this week, Grump? Yeah, it's like hit the net. When you shoot the puck, it you know it's I watched some games from around the league, and one thing that these teams were able to do, they're able to put the puck on net. We don't. We only had in that period, we had three shots on goal in the first period against Buffalo, and none in the last fifteen and a half minutes. And the one thing I'm like, we're shooting and we're just missing the net. I maybe they need to work on shooting. You know, just trying to hit spots. You see, other teams are able to do it. Why are we not able to do it? Hmm. Maybe maybe that's part of the Barry Trot system. Just don't hit the net. Is that is that part of it, grumpy old man? You want to hit it on the uh, the back end boards so you can careem around and give a fluky opportunity. Is that what you're trying to insinuate, grumpy? Yeah, I've been doing a lot of thinking uh, since Saturday, uh, particularly about you know uh, you know s- uh, system versus talent, and uh, I've come up with some really astounding. Uh, What's your discovery, Grumpy Old Man? If you've you've put well, number one, it scares me that you were thinking, critically thinking about the Islanders, Grumpy Old Man. Uh, so I can only imagine what you've come to a profound, uh, profound conclusion, Grump. But what what have you what have you discovered? Talent is more important than system. Without a doubt, without a doubt, there is no doubt. No doubt. What, I, I'm gonna, I'm just I just want to bring you know I was just like I, said, I was just thinking about it. And, I mean, let's be honest, we are a system team, right? I mean, it's about the system for us, not about the talent. Certainly not because we don't have a whole lot of talent except for one guy. And it brings me to uh, my favorite, my other favorite topic, Tom Brady. And you think about him all those years in New England, and everyone said, oh, it's the system. It's the Patriot way. It's Bill Belichick. Well, we found out this year, as soon as Tom Brady flies a coop, a team that was 12-4 and four this year goes to 7-9, and nine, a team that – the seven and nine wins a Super Bowl, uh, and what was the difference? One player, not system, player. Players win games, systems don't. Oh, grumpy old man. You know we go. We have such a good time period every once in a while. We don't have to mention Tom Brady, and for your love to throw Tom Brady in here, grumpy. But sometimes it just your love for him overwhelms you, grump. I will tell you this much: I, I've always been a big believer. System is important, but to a certain extent, you have to have the talent. Um, again, yeah, I, this is this is a testament as old as time, Grumpy, isn't it? No, it's not because the people who are who are saying that system over player, they're just stupid. I think that's what you think, isn't it? No, Grump, I don't think. I think having a good system is important, Grumpy old man. It certainly is. I think you you undervalue coaches, and again, like as much as we do give Barry Trotz a lot of shtick. And I think we also give them a lot of praise. I think coaches are important. Talent's also important. I'm just saying, grumpy old man, you have to have that. You have to have a good equilibrium there. I don't believe that superior talent alone can win. I really don't. I think there's a lot of other factors that play into a grumpy old man. It's the same reason why you see a lot of teams, and again, across a lot of different sports, they struggle despite having all the big name guys. There's a reason for that. It's because they don't have the system and the coaching and the leadership just isn't there. Okay. Are you done? You're done now? 
First of all, I, I need another. I need you to go on another Tom Brady tirade, Grumpy. So let's go ahead and continue with that, huh? Okay. No, I just what I believe, and I do believe in coaches. But what I'm saying is, coaches don't shoot the puck. They don't stop the puck. They don't body check. They don't hip check. It's the talent that makes that happen. And a good system can get mediocre talent as good as it can get. And that's why I think we are with the Islanders, honestly. But at the end of the day, talent is going to win out over a system. And But coaches don't win games, but they can lose them. I will say that. And we're lucky to have uh, Barry Trotz as our coach, honestly. Uh, I don't know what I don't know why you're trying to get me to poo-poo Barry Trotz or saying I don't believe in coaches. You're just ridiculous because I'll tell you something, I was a fantastic coach, which brings me to my t-shirt. By the hold way. on, hold on. Ladies and gentlemen on the live stream listening to the podcast, grumpy old man paying his first compliment. Not even 10 minutes into the podcast in the live stream. We are fortunate today. It sounds like grumpy is not in such a cretankerous mood. I'm not. We won. Uh, I've had a couple days off. The Islanders haven't done anything really stupid. Michael Del Cole's on IR, which gets rid of one of those ham and eggers that drive me crazy, who have been getting unwarranted chances uh, at higher lineup spots. Uh, so maybe we'll see Oliver Wallster move up. But I want to get back to the coaching thing. You know, when I was coaching uh, a little Little League baseball team, and I might even mention previously. When you were coaching really, the Little League baseball team, Grumpy, were you making yeah. poor were you making poor moves like the fossil? No, I was I was a system guy because we had the worst talent I've ever seen. So I had to really go through a whole bunch of managerial tricks to get us wins. Now, this was a team that hadn't won in a year and a half. And I mean, the kids were not great. And I mean, when I got them, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's honestly the worst team I ever coached talent wise. Great bunch of kids. Great bunch of kids. Like the Bad News Bears. Is that what you're telling me, Grumpy? Worse than the Bad News Bears. These were the the no win weasels, like a team know. full of lupuses. That's right, a team full of lupuses, and we want to we want to being five hundred that year. And I tell you, the kids were, and I think I've even told the story, but I'm going to tell it again because not everyone's listened to it. Um, they, you know, I always let the kids pick the name of the team, and you know, we had green uniforms, and I'm like, okay, well, the uniforms are going to be green. And they're like, oh, okay, so you pick a team something. So I came up with like names with like the grass. I'm like, no, we don't want to – we're not going to be huffing out there in the dugouts or anything like that. So they picked Pickles. And these were young kids, even though they were like 9 and 10 years old. I mean, they were young 9 and 10 years old. So we picked the Pickles. And the guy who I coached with got me a shirt at the end of the year. It says, deal with it. And well, we can't, said, we can't see it all the way, Grumpy, but we'll trust you. Deal with it. There you go. See, and I thought it was a cute little thing based on the pickles. So that's my rant for coaching today. I really just brought it up because I wanted to show off the shirt. So now, Grumpy, with your extensive little league coaching career, are you trying to tell me that you or and management career, Grumpy old man, are you trying to tell me that that has prepared and primed you for the prime time role with the Islanders, Grump? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> because uh, I tell you what, the the talent that I had on that pickles team was very similar to the Islanders town. Oh, wow. Well, Grump, oh, we're going to start rolling through some comments. David said, Grump, what was your coaching style? I can only imagine what Grumpy's coaching style was. It depended. Uh, the only thing I asked the kids is to try their best. If they didn't, you're going to get yelled at. Uh, <laughs> but mostly, you know, you got to treat every kid different. Some kids think they're tough. So you got to take you talk a little sarcastic to them, take it down a notch. You got some kids who are just, you know, they're just – 
you know, a little bit unsure of themselves. So you got to build them up. I didn't treat everybody the same. I treated everybody differently. And the whole thing was, uh, you know, just to get better production out of them. And I did just as good as Barry Trotz, probably better. <laughs> Stop, grumpy old man. I'll tell you, though, um, it's a big stretch coming up for the Islanders. We've talked about it. These are important games, grumpy old man. Uh, we didn't have a great start. Uh, I will tell you one thing. I thought pregame, I was happy to see uh, Sarnak was in the lineup. I really was. A guy who hadn't played all that all that many uh all that many games it was only second game of the season yeah right he only played one game before this and uh, you know i thought he looked pretty well and pretty decent out there in the ice uh i can tell you this much grumpy old man didn't have a stellar performance but and a lot of fans are kind of on him for it i put it like this to you grumpy and to all the live stream listeners and the podcast listeners i really am not sure what you're expecting production wise from some of these players when they have to sit three two or three weeks. I'm, I'm not expecting them to come out there and play like they're not skipping a beat. I, I, there's going to be an acclimation time period. I, I mean, I know it's your unrealistic. He doesn't pick up anyone who has any high upside. Jarnak, all right, he's a hustler. He's a third and fourth line guy. What do you expect from those players? They're third and fourth line players on bad teams for a reason, because they're just not that talented. All right, if they play within the system – you get might get sparks. Some nights they'll be better than others, but they just are what they are. They're jags, and that's not. I mean, hey, I'm worse than a jag, right? I'm not even a jag, but you know, uh, when fans are expecting a Jarnak to come in, oh, let's expect a two uh, two goal game from him. It's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. We have a handful. I mean, and a small handful of players on this team that I think are really good. I mean, everybody else has a role to play. I mean, I, I like I said, I don't get down on the players except for you know the usual suspects, uh, but certainly not guys like Jarnak. That's a great point for me to jump in, Grumpy old man, talking about the usual suspects. But I want to tell you something. You said that you'd be worse than a Jag, Grumpy. I would pay to see you out there in the ice on skates, Grumpy. I'd pay to see you back out there. I'm not sure what skating abilities you have still there, Grumpy old man. My knees are bad. They're probably like Bobby Orr's knees right now, so I wouldn't be as good a skater as I used to be. I'll say that I'm more of a somebody who stands on the, the bench and yells at the players. <laughs> Bailey, hustle, you dog. Stuff like that. <laughs> Stop sleeping out there. Matt Martin, the play's in the other end of the ice, son. $6 million. Is this all I get from you? I'll tell you, grumpy old man. I, I do have a question. You talked about the usual suspects. Andrews League, scoring more goals, grumpy old man. I'll tell you this much. I, as I've said it before, it looks like he's poised to have a good bounce back season based off of last year. You know, you mentioned the goal, and he did score a goal. Okay. And the player who set that whole goal up was Matt Barzell. He didn't even get an assist on it, but he created the whole play. You know, the Jags who were on the team were just kind of floating around in the zone. He was doing everything. And finally, he got a pass over. Uh, I don't know who got the secondary assist, but then uh, I believe it was the Pulak and then gave it to Andrews Lee, and I don't know what Buffalo's defense was doing. He had time for a cup of coffee uh, and a shot of Sambuca, and he was able to pop it in the net. So I don't know what they were doing, but he was just standing there. I mean, I, I mean, good for Andrews Lee. It's not that I don't root for Andrews Lee, because I do. I just think he's overrated and overpaid. And he's just, just average. Just average. So is he captain average grump yet? No. My God. How? Nope. Crumpy old man. 
Grumpy old man. I'll tell you this. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned the play there by Matt Barzal. It was crazy to see the reaction again. He, he thought he was unjustly given that penalty. And as soon as he gets out of the box, I mean, he would look like a madman out there on the ice. Controlled play from start to finish. And you're right. He did go ahead and drive and create that goal. You know, when he got that penalty, the little company lackeys couldn't wait to call him. Oh, geez, look at that penalty from Matt Barzal. I can't keep a stick like that. What about all the other penalties that the – the ham and eggers on this team get. You don't hear anything about that. Oh, well, you know, hey, a stick was in an unfortunate spot. Oh, Matt Martin, yeah, he dragged that guy down. Well, you know what? That's a tough one to take. No, I'm sorry. If you want his thing, if you want to hold Matt Barzell's feet to the fire every time he gets a penalty, do it for the other ham and eggers on this team. Hmm. Grumpy old man. I will tell you this, though, and I want to jump back to the one more point about Sarnik before we kind of move on from that. I want to jump back, grumpy old man. Um, you hear Butch and a lot of people try to go ahead and give players that return from injuries, you know, that, that, uh, that cushion. Well, you know, even though he's been practicing, he's got his skating legs back there. He doesn't have his game legs because he hasn't been playing in any games. The same exact thing applies, ladies and gentlemen, when you're also talking about a player who's been healthy scratch for the last two or three weeks on the taxi squad, et cetera. The same exact thing applies there with Sarnak. So when you see guys like Bellows and Sarnak thrown into the lineup and they necessarily don't look like uh, great shakes out there in the ice, remember, the same exact thing applies there too, grumpy old man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and you can't – the thing that frustrates me with Butch, honestly, is that – he doesn't, he doesn't hold everyone to the same standard. I just feel that he toes the company line. Whatever they tell him to say, he says. So, you know, and that just kind of frustrates me with him. You know, when you're only giving uh, Kiefer Bellows one game and, oh, you had your shot, or Jarnak, oh, you had your shot. Let's slide Leo Komarov back in there, even though he, he'll do nothing for five or six games. And then one game, he'll get a point. Oh, Leo is so great. We got to roll him out there. No. Well, I'll tell you this, though, Grumpy. I know that M Michael Del Cole was originally there on the IR. I will tell you this much. He's been listed more of a day-to-day. -day, um, so we can expect him back in the lineup soon in some capacity here, Grumpy old man. Well, oh, well, we'll see. We'll see. I don't want to see him, honestly. I, I, I want to roll something. I want to roll somebody else out there. I've seen what he can do. He's, I mean, how about here's, – here's an option – why don't we take Oliver Wallstrom in this interim and put him on the second line? Right? Why not Nelson, Bailey, and Wallstrom? Why not give that a shot? I want to play devil's advocate, grumpy old man. Again, like I like the idea, but in the same token, I want to play devil's advocate just because we try to be as fair and honest as possible. Oliver Wallstrom is a rookie who's just starting to establish chemistry with Jean-Gabriel Pajot, and he's not a guy who has a lot of chemistry with other line mates. So as he's starting to find and hit his groove, I think it is beneficial for him to stay there with consistent line mates. Uh, you know, if, if, if Oliver Wallstrom wasn't a rookie and he had more time on the ice and better chemistry with other players there on the ice, I'd have no problem with that. I, I, I could just, I'm just presenting the other side. I'm sure that somebody would bring up just to play devil's advocate. Grump. Who are you going to put on the second line? Then? That, that's my question. Then, Who has enough talent to actually be a second line player on this team? Even though Michael Del Cole doesn't, but we put him up there. Who has enough talent, in your opinion, to be put on the second line? To be a consistent second line player, grumpy old man. <laughs> if it's not all of it's as I told you this before, I think it's scary to think about the thought process that 
well, Bavillier would be slid back into that spot, and then Bailey would be in a top six role grump. But I mean, like if they were to have it before Bavillia was healthy, if you had Michael Del Cole as a set, you know, I mean, a top six forward long term, that's obviously a scary thought to entertain. Um, but it's not with Bavillier back and healthy, grumpy old man. We're going to see the same exact top six forwards that we have the entire time. And now for the third line, you're just going to see Michael Del Cole, Jean Gabriel Pajot, and Oliver Wallstrom. It's going to be the same exact grumpy. Okay, so what do we see since we're not able to score any goals? for the most part, with this current lineup, how are we going to improve that? That's a question, TJ, for you. Wow. Holy crap. I, you asked me a question, Grumpy. It's weird. It feels well, weird to be in this situation. You were so quick to shoot down my Oliver Wallstrom suggestion. I want to know what you would do as a coach. What I do there as a coach, if I, and again, it doesn't really matter because I'm not. Um, I'll tell you one thing. I think continuing to establish there the connection in the chemistry there with Oliver Wallstrom, John Gabriel Peugeot, and Michael Ducole is important. But I think after about, again, like I would reestablish and relook at about halfway through the season once Wallstrom does start to be a little more comfortable as you feel, and as a coach, as you feel more comfortable putting him out there in different scenarios out there on the ice, that's really what's going to determine when he could be thrust into a top six role. I mean, it's all the, the trust that Barry Trotz has in Oliver Wallstrom. So as he continues to perform there in the limited sample size he's given there on the third line role and on the power play, he needs to start getting a little more opportunity in other facets of his game. And as he proves he can do that, that's when you get thrust and moved into a top six role. Okay. So you didn't answer my question, which is fine. It was a nice political non-answer answer. That's great. But you know what? I dozed off halfway through, which is cool too. Don't worry. I didn't expect you to come up with an answer. At least I give you suggestions for answers where you just give me your little political double talk, which is impressive in itself, but it doesn't tell me anything. And that's fine. Let's move on to another point, DJ. Since yeah, I grew up, if you're looking, if you're if you're looking for if you're looking for an exact time period, here you go. Uh, Oliver Wallstrom plays 40 games on the third line before you start looking to move him up there to a top six role. If Josh Bailey's still not producing again, like Josh Bailey has played better as of late, still has had a great season. The wing, our top six wings have not produced many points really besides Jordan Eberle this season in and uh, Anders Lee. And again, those two those two wingers have been carrying their weight. But uh, others not. And again, Pavilion has been out. But for example, any cast and crew, anybody who's not performing, because there will be time periods and cycles like we had earlier on this season, which could very easily happen again. When it does happen, Grumpy, that's when you slide a guy like Oliver Wallstrom in there. You just don't thrust him in immediately, in my opinion. Okay, that's fine. That's your answer. Well, I'm going to let you off the hook. Well, we got a few comments here, Grump, here. Uh, so Scott's saying, you think Oliver Wallstrom is going to be a regular in the lineup going forward, or will Trotz go back to sitting him a few games? I think he needs to stay in the lineup for the rest of the season. I 100% agree, uh, Scott, there. Oliver Wallstrom needs to be a consistent player, and I think he's found a home, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, on that third line with Jean Gabriel Pajot and, when healthy, Michael Del Cole. Yeah, I'd be, first of all, I'd be remiss if I didn't comment on Scott's little picture with the hand bleeding, the blue and orange. I think that's really cool. I think about it every time I see it, honestly, but I just haven't commented on it. Uh, I think that Oliver, but I'm going to actually answer the question that Scott did pose. Uh, I think Wallstrom is going to be a regular in the lineup for the rest of the season. I don't think uh, they speak too highly of him, and uh, he's not going. He's not going to sit. He's going to be playing the rest of the year. Well, and we also have another comment. I just want to mention the Grumpy's group. He's in the house. People had mentioned, I know Scott had mentioned the need there for some merch. I'm in the process 
of creating like a grumpy's groupie shirt and a comb that hair run a comb through the hair shirt or something funny like that uh i figure it would be funny just for gat laughs and giggles uh grumpy old man well, um i'm gonna say if we get a t-shirt that says run a comb through it and something that kind of looks like a certain uh media <laughs> member's hair we're never going to get her on the podcast i'm going to tell you that much right now it's again it's all it's all in fun and games i mean yeah we i like aj much and again like actually to speak positively of aj i thought she did a damn good job there in the buffalo i usually don't watch the intermission reports all that often i usually find something to do with us like hey let me go ahead and take care of some chores around the house i watched the uh, the intermission there, and I liked AJ's uh, analysis there through that time period, through the first and second intermissions against the Buffalo Sabers. Uh, yeah, I I just said I don't think she's bad doing that. It's just just the hair sometimes. It's like comb it, comb it. Sorry, but here's the thing: that's not her fault. Well, it is her fault, but you know somebody in the truck, and I don't even know if there's anybody there who says, "Hey, let's fix your hair." Or if they're responsible for their own hair, I don't know, but uh, you know somebody should say to her. Put a little product in that bad boy. But I, I actually, and I hate to say it, TJ came up with the phrase, run a comb through it. And I thought it was I, wasn't, I wasn't going to have any member on there. Again, like it's just a funny one, run a comb through it. With I feel like, like that person with hair all over the place, right? Yeah, it could just be like a bedhead. It's not going to be a particular person there, Grumpy. I'm not mean or vindictive. It's just funny, and I feel like people mention it in the comments a lot, so people might enjoy it. Then again, you don't have to buy it. It's just I feel like some people would like to have it. I don't know. I'm I'm brainstorming ideas. Let me put it to you like that, Grumpy old man. Here's uh, the thing. I enjoyed the idea. I thought it was great. Now, my wife said it was really mean. <laughs> I, but she laughed when she said it because she's, she's heard the podcast before. And she, but she laughed. I said, yeah, but it's funny. And wasn't there not another shirt you were thinking of also? Yeah, Grumpy. Again, like the same phrase as you say, like the fossil. Again, like I'm floating some ideas around Grumpy Old Man. I I'm in the process of like creating the outline. And again, I'm not going to like show it until like I know the quality of who it's from because I'm not going to promote anything that's got bad quality on or anything like that. We'll keep you in the loop. We are working on some merchandise though. So it's just, it's just going to take me a little bit of time though, just for everybody who is interested. Uh, Brian B saying, uh, guys, is your show really that good? Question mark. Or are the Islanders just that boring to watch? Give it an option, game or the show? Um, grumpy. Show. The show is the show is obviously more interesting than the game. I mean, anyone who's watched the Islanders will let me, we're not exciting. And here's the thing: maybe our show isn't that good. Okay, but the Islanders are so boring that it makes us look spectacular. I think I should be on the broadcast instead of Butch, or even they can put me out there with Butch and Brendan, and I would just do my thing and let I wouldn't be there more than like maybe a period and they'd get rid of me probably because I just call it the way it is. You wouldn't hear me doing the company line, you wouldn't hear me praising Josh Bailey for his intelligence. Uh, you know, I, like yeah. I said, like I said last time, why not? Why doesn't anyone ever praise him for how good a player he is? You ever notice? I'll tell you this, Grumpy. You have a very uncouth way of speaking at times, Grumpy. So you would not last long in that role. I can control myself if need be. <laughs> I just don't see the need. Oh, goodness. And Brian P. saying, I'm tired of Pulak on the power play. I'll tell you this much. We've talked about it. And I feel like this is just going to be like a running a running mention on the podcast, just like you mentioned certain things on a consistent basis until the defense starts scoring more goals. Ladies and gentlemen, the Islanders defenders 17 games into the season have three goals. 
uh, he can't put the puck on that. I, I mean, you can't put the puck on that. How can you be in the trigger spot? We saw Wallstrom a little bit on the power play. He put a couple of shots on goal, and he's unconscious shooting the puck. I mean, his his release is way quicker than Pulak's. Give that's what he's here for. That's what he's here for. Put him out there on the power play. Put him in that trigger spot. I want to correct myself, Grumpy Man. The defense – okay, Grumpy. The defense has three goals in 18 games. I'm sorry. It was three goals in 17 games last live stream podcast. So right now defense has three goals accounted for in 18 games. Yeah, but, I mean, a lot of that is because our defense really doesn't get engaged like other teams do in the attacking zone. You might see a guy skate in. You might see Letty do it uh, occasionally or Dobson sometime. But for the most part – we just we play defense. We try to get the puck up to the forwards, and we we never venture towards the net. Here's my thing, Grumpy. You figure just by pure luck and coincidence, you'd be able to put a slap shot on net and place it in a spot there where it would go in. I mean, your defense get chances and opportunities to shoot the puck too. They might not be as high scoring opportunity chances as forwards. And the same token, though, as I, I just feel like we're. I'm not sure how many goals our defense is going to score, but if I had to go out and venture, I want to see we're defensive production and scoring-wise, we're probably dead last in the NHL with three goals so far this season. Yeah, but that's not what we do. I mean, we're a play defense and hopefully counterpunch. That's what we do. We're not we're not in the attacking zone a whole lot, you know. For teams, uh, for, for guys on our defensive core who have those big slap shots, you should be putting up more than three goals. I'm sorry. Ryan Pulak heralded as a guy with a Howard serve a slap shot, unbelievable slap shot. He has to start finding the net. Well, who's 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 the guy, the kid in the Mighty Ducks, who only hit the net like one out of five times? That's Ryan Pulak. Shot at 200 miles an hour, but, you know, he never hit the net. I forget his name. He was a big kid. One out of five times might actually be too. You might be giving them too much credit there, Grumpy. I mean, and that's what that was my point earlier. I mean, do they even work on shooting? Maybe they should. Maybe Ryan Pulak this summer should, uh, you know, hey, I'm just here to pick spots with the shot. I mean, do something because whatever you're doing isn't working. And I like Ryan Pulak, but you can't be the trigger man on the power play and not have any power play goals a third of the way through the season. Albeit, and again, to take everything as impartially as possible, power play has been playing well as a unit, which is honestly all you could want right now. I don't really care about individual success and accolades when the power play unit's playing well. I'm a happy camper. Even when certain members aren't performing, it's still worth drawing attention to it, but I'm happy about the overall performance of the power play. It is like you're walking through the Sahara Desert and you get a cold drink of water right here. That's how refreshing it is to see our power play producing, Grumpy. The fire hydrant is out, people. The fire hydrant is out. <sighs> yes, it is. Well, Brian B., he also did go ahead and ma- he made one a little later. He said, I, I would rather choose to tune in here than to watch the Islanders. Well, thank you there, Brian B. I do appreciate it there. Um, ooh, Grumpy. Grumpy doesn't. Honestly. <sighs> Brush is saying that Grumpy doesn't believe in the Islanders organization. Grump, I. That's not true. That's not true. Brush is incorrect. Grumpy, then combat that point, Grumpy. I, I'm interested to see what you have to say to that because some people do think you come off as like your anti-Islanders, anti-Islander organization. Um, that's not true. I want better players. I felt if we have we have better players, our team would be infinitely better because our system is good. I'd like to open it up a little bit more, but for the I mean, you can't argue with the results. It's the fact of our lack of talent. 
I mean, it's certainly not the coaching. I think uh, Barry Trotz has done a fine job. He's still, like I said, he's, his over-reliance on veterans is a problem. Uh, and But Lamarillo needs to get better talent on this team. He needs to start make, stop making mistakes by signing aging veterans to long-term deals over big money. I mean, if that's critical of the organization, then I'm critical of the organization. Do something right, you hear it. If you do something wrong, you're going to hear it too. And Grumpy, and again, I think you also just don't like the steadfast commitment to players that were – and just don't, and again, like have as high of an offensive acumen level because that's the biggest need that the organization has. And you just, I, and the thing is that we've talked about it before. I just think you don't think they've done a sufficient job there addressing that no need of the lack of offensive talent there, Grumpy. But yeah, kind of moving on here, Grumpy. Uh, oh, I did have here from David C. coming in clutch, Fulton Reed. I was about to say Fulton, but I didn't want to sound foolish. David C. coming through in the clutch with that. Uh, and then Scott L. saying, Grumpy, don't, ensue, don't insult ham and eggs. They're good pairing. Please use a different analogy, Grumpy. Yeah, ham and egger, That's uh, that term comes from uh, something they'd serve in like a diner or something like that, just ham and eggs and just a plain meal. And that's that's what our players are just playing. They're certainly not uh, caviar and champagne dreams or whatever. I tell you, with my limited cooking experience, hey, ham and eggs in the morning, ooh, not bad. You want to know one thing I want to tell you, Grump, I learned about? I, I got I went to the grocery store. I don't grocery shop a lot because I'd be there all day or I'd spend way too much. Paige does most of the grocery shopping. Well, let me put it to you like this, Grumpy. We went into, and I saw like some expensive ham. And I was like, oh, expensive, or I'm sorry, expensive bacon. And I was like, oh, wow, it's some expensive bacon. I said, it looked nice. The packaging looks sleek. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll go ahead and give this a try. And I purchased it. And I'm like, man, oh, man, this tastes exactly just like ham. I'm like, I got duped. I got duped into buying expensive ham. I got duped into buying like $15 bag of ham. I was like, oh man, oh man, grumpy old man. I could have just taken the like cold cuts at the at the local deli and just slapped it on on, on the uh, the stovetop to make my breakfast bacon. Well, and maybe if you had increased reading skills, you would have said seen that it said ham on it and not bacon. No, no, it said bacon. It was advertised as bacon. Now, TJ, I hear that Paige is out of town this week. And yes. you, you look like you're struggling, honestly. You look like you lost a little weight. It looks like uh, you're you're just struggling. I mean, you see the purple rings under your eyes. Yeah, I've yeah. lost about fifty pounds. Yeah, Grumpy, it's a struggle. Um, we got a comment here from Scott L saying, "Grumpy, did the Islander system work under a non-system? Would the Islander system work under a non-system coach like Capuano or Wait or Trotz brought a system with them? Um, and it's gas work, and it has worked so far. Yes, uh, the Trotz, the Capuano, Capuano and Wait didn't have a system." But I would argue they were more fun to watch. That much I will say. I mean, you know, when Tavares was there and Barzell was there that, you know, his rookie year, I mean, they were scoring four or five goals a game. They were losing all the time, but, you know, they were fun to watch. I mean, the games were fun to watch. I mean, can you honestly say you enjoy watching the Islanders slog through game after game trying for a one nothing victory? I think we need to tick the clock back in your memory bank, Grump, because you're not remembering. Remember, we've had this podcast around for a while, Grump. We actually started back during the Doug Wade days. We, trust me, you were even more grumpy back then during that time period, grumpy old man, with the defensive lapses. You might say, sure, it was when we were winning. Yeah, it was fun to watch. 
But when we lost, which we did more often than we won, it was even more unbearable than watching the Islanders lose now because they'd lose via stupid mistakes and not covering and marking their men well and just simple defensive lapses. So, no, I, I, w- I won't say that as a whole it was more fun to watch the lose the Islanders than the winning Islanders. Yeah, and I'm not ripping the trot system. I mean, it works. I mean, he's a winning coach. I mean, he's one of the greatest regular season coaches ever. I don't think he's a great playoff coach when you have to make adjustments because I don't think he's real good at it. But, I mean, for certain, him coming to the – that was the best move that Lou Lamarillo has made, and I've said it before, since he's become GM of the Islanders, was bringing in Barry Trotz. Absolutely, without a doubt. There's not even anything – maybe J.G. Pajot was second, but that's a distant second. Bringing in Trotz was, number one, the best thing he's ever done. Again, like as much as we do give Lou Lamarillo – you know, his fair share of shtick. He, he has done a lot of good things there for the Islanders. Again, Jean-Gabriel Peugeot was big. I think making sure that uh, Sorokin was brought over, it was big. And then Barry Trotz. I mean, those are three big pieces that are going to be hopefully, you know, shaping the future of the Islanders long-term that he was involved in, directly had a hand in involved in. Again, just to be fair and honest. Yeah. I mean, and the signing of Varlamov, uh, was just part of it, the whole Sorokin thing. And he did that extremely well. I mean, you know, he obviously thought that out, had plenty of time to think about it, and he did that. He brought Varley in, uh, signed him for too long of a contract. I don't know if he really had to, and did he bid against himself? Probably. But he got the job done and enabled us to get Sorokin. Now, if we could just get him on the ice, it would be even better. Grumpy, I want to interrupt there. Uh, Paige is listening to the live stream. Very rare because she's not here. Um, I guess she, she said it was European bacon, which essentially, I guess, is just ham. So, uh, yeah, I bought it. I thought it was fancy. It looked nice. I'm just letting people know. European ham or European bacon, not all it's cracked up to be. It's like ham. Hold on. So you couldn't even get American bacon. You had to get foreign bacon, a.k.a. ham. Because it was, what, expensive? I thought it looked nice. I thought it was different. I just wanted to experience it, Grumpy. I wanted the experience. Anyway, this is not a ham or bacon or breakfast food podcast, Grump. It's an Islanders podcast. Uh, we do have a few comments. And I got to stay on track, Grumpy. Because if we don't hit the comments, it's going to be like 15 hours later. And then we won't have done what we're supposed to do, Grump. Uh, David C. saying, TJ, in about 10 years, if you drink uh, from that fire hydrant this late, uh, you'd be up all night. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Especially depends on what you got in there. Oh, God. Well, oh, what's David saying, you know, probably because you'll have an enlarged prostate like most men do, and uh, you'll be on the on the potty all night long. Yeah, grumpy old man. I'll tell you. Um, don't have that problem yet, but uh, that's exactly why as soon as we get done with the podcast, I have to leave in quick haste, grumpy old man. Um, got a comment here from Angelo R saying, uh, how many goals a year do we think Wallstrom can score with a full season or two under his belt? Grump, I'll let you take a crack at this first. Uh, I think it depends on where they play him. Like I said, the issue that we have going forward is that a lot of the players on this team are cemented into long-term deals. So, like, is there an opportunity for him to move up? Or who are we going to move down? And I think, you know, that that limits your opportunities. If you're stuck on a third line, you're not going to get the ice time that a Matt Barzal line is going to have or a, a Croc Nelson line. So until he moves up, I'm going to say with a full season or two under his belt, I would – honestly, I would hope at least 20 goals. 
I was about to say, I mean, like he will, he, he will be a top six guy grumpy. And again, you're not, I think we need to take into account the expansion draft as well. I think Wallstrom that they like him. I think Barry Trotz likes Oliver Wallstrom. I think he's proven with his limited time. He's had already this season. He can do it and he can tote the bill. Uh, that being said, I think, you know, with two seasons under his belt, I'm talking minimum 20 goal season type of guy. If he's having under 20 goals through a normal regular season, you would be disappointed with that production from him with, if he was healthy the whole year. And, I also expect his power play time increase, which will help his goals. Yeah. So again, I, I guess I'm not, I'm not shocked he hasn't come and lit the world on fire, you know, scoring goals left and right or anything like that. That's that really hasn't shocked me. <laughs> We're not playing a fire engine style hockey to where he has those type of opportunities. But he's had a few opportunities going his way, fast break opportunities, and he's created some offensive chances, which is always encouraging to see. And I think he's getting a little more comfortable though on a power play, also, bro. Well, it's interesting when you hear the other players talk about him. It's like, oh well, you know, he's really working. You know, he's doing his best in the defensive zone and. You know, that's the, like the most important thing. Well, is it though? Now, here's the thing. On a team with uh, more offensive attack, I think he's easily a 30-goal scorer in this league. Just look at his shot. Hmm. Yeah, grumpy old man. And then Brian Jay saying, I heard uh, Jack, Jack Eichel uh, wants out. Rumors are going around. I've heard that too. I've heard that. And again, they're only just rumors. But man, oh man, could you imagine Jack Eichel? with the New York Islanders in some capacity, Grumpy, just to entertain that thought. Uh, yeah, I'd take him on this team. The kid's got real ability. I mean, who'd want to be stuck in Buffalo anyway? Buffalo. I mean, what do they do in Buffalo? I mean, anything? Mm, grumpy old man. Uh, gotcha. Uh, that was that was a great, great uh, point there, Grumpy. Uh, Daniel D. saying, Michael Del Cole is our only choice, talking about who we'd have there as that last forward. Again, I think the Lions are going to return the exact same top six we had, and Michael Del Cole will be our answer there as the left wing on the third line. I can tell you one thing, unless injury, we will not see any more of Ross Johnson this season. We will see very limited amounts, if any, of Kiefer Bellows to the same exact thing with Sarnak. So it looks like we have everything solidified. Uh, whether you like it or not, Grump, that seems to be what the lines are going to be for the foreseeable future for healthy. Get prepared to be disappointed, people. I'll put it like this. We're going to hit – I'm giving a forecast in a prediction. I think we are – I'm not sure what we're going to do here for the next three games. We'll talk a little bit further about that later, but I'm thinking here – after this three-game stretch here, we play Boston and then the Penguins twice, three games there in a four-game stretch. We are going to amass points in our next seven. I think we play Boston once over that time period, and then we play the Sabres three times and the Devils three times. Over that seven-game stretch, we are going to win games, and we're going to win more games than we lose. We're going to be sitting pretty in the standings. It's going to be great. Everything's going to be hunky-dory. I think we're going to see a little bit – uh, once we get in those uh, turbulent waters where you've got those 12 next games, which are all against top teams, I think that is where you're going to see a little bit of what we've noticed here earlier on this season, Grumpy Old Man. We have to really come out of this eight-game stretch with a lot of points, in my opinion. The key for us is playing our style and sticking to it. I mean, we don't want to get into the run-and-gun game. It doesn't work. And we're going to have to beat the teams we need to beat. I'm going to say again, the big team that we have to take care of is, is Pittsburgh. 
It really is. Even though I think we play Philadelphia very well, we play Boston very well. There's still really good teams with more talent that we have. We can't expect to dominate them. We've already lost the both of the Philadelphia games. We all played them both games, let's be honest, right? Boston, for whatever reason, they can't score five on five either. Uh, but Pittsburgh is a team that we have to take care of. I think they're our direct competition for that final playoff spot. And uh, uh, we have to come away with points this weekend. We cannot go 0 for 2 again against them. No. I, I mean, anytime we talked about it, I mean, you at least need the loser point here, Grumpy. I'm just going to flash this on screen, Grump. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to flash this on screen. I, I, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything, but Brian Brian Jay with the jokes. He's got the jokes here tonight. Uh, well, it was funny right after that there, David C. was asking the same question. So, Grump Jam. <laughs> I think there's more of a chance of Pulak hitting the net than a comb hitting AJ's hair because at least Pulak does it one out of five, Fulton Reed style, where AJ, no, I'm sorry. And like I said, my wife says I've been very, very mean to AJ, so I'm trying to be nice. Uh, so I don't want to pick on her hair. I think it's been a little bit better, but she does have – it's like one side. It's like just – even if you got lick your hand and wipe it down before you go on TV, I mean, something. I mean, look at, look at my hair. I mean, she's got way more hair than I do, but at least mine – Ain't moving all – it's not up here and over here. And I promised myself I wasn't going to pick on her hair today. Just want to push through it. Hey, that's all you can Oh, Grumpy. You're going to be in a doghouse with your wife tonight there, Grump. Uh, Scott L. saying also like Pulak, uh, but I wonder if he could hit the ocean if he had to. Okay. There was a, a old Ranger announcer called The Big Whistle, Bill Chadwick. He used to – Jim Gordon used to do the play-by-play. And The Big Whistle – Bill Chadwick, who was in the Hall of Fame as a referee, he would do the color commentary. And there was a Ranger player named uh, Gene Carr. Uh, and the kid had wheels, but he couldn't hit the net. He was a winger, and he could not hit the net. And he said, that kid couldn't hit water if he was standing in a boat. And that's what I feel about Ryan Bullock. It's like, dude, put the sh- put a shot on net. Take a little bit off. Get it on goal. Look at look at the goals that uh, uh, Latang scored on us. They weren't rocket shots from the point. He picks a spot. He puts it on net. Good things happen when you put the puck on net. I just wish I don't think anyone's gotten through to him. It's and again, like at this point, if he was younger, I'd you know, I'd feel a little more optimistic about the ability to change or the ability to alter that mindset of, hey, I've got to take every single slap shot with as much power as humanly possible. But again, I mean, Ryan Pulak is no spring chicken anymore, grumpy old man. I mean, he is what he is at this point, and I don't think we're going to see that mindset change ever. So I think what we're seeing is what we're always going to get regarding the slap shot and the ability to put the puck on that. I don't think at the age of 27 or 28, let's say next season, or 27 next season, he's going to say, oh, magically I've decided to go ahead and make this major alteration in my game, you know, three or four years after I've been a pro. And the thing that just baffles me the most is why Trotz just keeps rolling him out there on the power play. I mean, it's not working, Barry. It's not working. Put somebody else in the trigger spot. 
the trigger spot might not be working. The power, again, as we've talked about, the power play as a whole is working. So very tough to complain. I just think we're bringing up points of things that we notice could be in effect long term. Okay. But the power play as a whole is working, which is all that matters. But could the power play be better if we had the guy who's supposedly taking the big shots could actually hit the net? Wouldn't that be better, you think? Yeah, Grump. You get some weird hiccups going on there, Grumpy. I do. Uh, I did have a hiccup. That's right. Weird hiccups. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Brush saying there, uh, Bailey and Bellows for Nylander. Why would Toronto make that deal? Yeah, I don't think they would either. I'll tell you what. If Toronto would make that deal, I'm, I'm signing off on that right now. I was about to say, I would <laughs> I take that in a heart. Well, Grumpy old man, we already know your disdain and dislike there towards Josh Bailey. But, I mean, if you're able to get a guy in Nylander, I just looked up Nylander. I forgot Nylander's still only 24 years old. I mean, the guy is – Roughly, he he's producing, but again, he's still playing in that high octane, high flying type of system there in Toronto. So, if he were to ever come here, like even through a hypothetical trade, his point production would decrease. I don't hate Josh Bailey. I wouldn't trade him for a bag of pucks, but uh, Bellows obviously, you know, he's not going to get a shot here. And Bailey on the wrong side of thirty for Nylander, absolutely, that's a no brainer. I just I I don't think that's a realistic trade option though. Oh, God. David C. saying below average has to be on a shirt. That's a good point. There's so many different ones, grumpy old man. It really – You'd have to have his jaw all the way out here. You know, he's like this. Andrews Lee is always like this. Frown, big jaw out there. Look like the Godfather. I was about to say, you're trying to say he looks like the Godfather, Grump. Yeah. Well, what can I tell you? If you have, if you have a look at him on his interviews, he's got his jaws out here. and He's got that frown. Below average, mm-hmm. absolutely. Oh, God. And Bruce also saying, once again, the Islanders are missing Taves' production on and off the power play uh, – um, on and off the power play unity. Without a doubt. That's what happens when you make bad decisions. They come back. You wind up having to give up a guy who is just coming into his own, only played, what, a year and a half in the league, starting to shine. And we knew. We knew. he TJ, we talked about this. We knew he was going to be real productive in that particular system, without a doubt. And you're seeing it. I mean, he's a he's a good player. He's one. He would be one of our top defensemen. That's for sure. Again, and just to go ahead now, I was keeping a little production tracker there for Devontae's twelve games. Has four goals. Grumpy old man. He himself has more goals than the entire Islanders defensive core. And again, he was injured for a little bit. Twelve games, four goals. Islanders defense of crew. Top to bottom, three goals through 18 games. Again, I, and I will tell you this much. I really don't care that much. As much as we will continue to bring up the lack of offensive production there goal-wise from our defense, I think we have noticed how much Devon Taves really did bring to the team because the Letty and the Letty and Mayfield lineup just has not worked. We've talked about it. And I think it shows you how much – Devon Taves was able to patch up and cover up Scott Mayfield's deficiencies because we've seen Scott Mayfield's deficiencies on right in front of us, screaming and yelling at us all season where in the past I thought Devon Taves did a really good job of masking those deficiencies that, that Scott Mayfield has. Right. And we talked about that in the off season when he was dealt. And that was my concern going into the season. I'm like, oh, how are these going to work out? Devon Taves. All right. Was he the greatest defensive player? No, but he always made a good pass, a good first pass out of the zone, and he had wheels to cover up any mistakes that were made, and he was solid enough defensively. But where he hurts is we don't have we don't have a guy at the power play. I mean, Nick Letty, 
I mean, that was five years ago, right? Well, Nicoletti, Nicoletti still has been producing. Again, our power play is producing as a whole. And this is kind of the point we brought up here, uh, Grumpy. Uh, David C. saying, the Fossil traded away our best defenseman, our best offensive defenseman, which shines a light on some of the awful contracts, i.e. Komarov, Hickey, et cetera. That's right. You kind of do for I forget every once in a while that Hickey's still under contract. I mean, these are the things I've been talking about for a number of years, though, right? It's like every time that you sign an old guy, you know, it's like, you know, what's what's that old saying? Anytime, I don't know, it doesn't matter. But the whole time, anytime you sign an older player like this, it means that you're you're cutting off the young guys because you can't deal the old guys because nobody with the brain wants them. I mean, and that's the problem we have. We just continue to sign older players to long-term deals, and then we have to sacrifice young up-and-coming players. It's, it, I mean, it, this. I mean, that's something I've been harping on for what two years now. I knew it was coming two years ago when we signed. Average, crop, Everly to those long-term deals. I knew it was going to come and bite us in the butt. You well, know, has, well, some some of those contracts haven't been us in the butt yet. I think long-term, if they're not dealt, they will grump. But moving on, uh, Brian P saying Pulak shoots like Happy Gilmore. I thought that was a good comparison as well. There, grumpy old man. Absolutely, Happy Gilmore is a really underrated movie too. I mean, Sandler. Uh, I mean, you either love him or you hate him. Uh, but I thought he was great in uh, in Happy Gilmore. And the chick that he was trying to date, he was uh, Julie Bowen, who was on that show Modern Family for a number of years. So little trivia for you. Mm, grumpy old man. I, I'm getting here. Actually, it was Canadian bacon. And there's Paige saying it most definitely was Canadian bacon. So Scott L., <laughs> Thanks there for chiming in. Okay, so it was Canadian bacon. I'm just letting everybody know. Canadian bacon, it's not real bacon. It's ham. You said European bacon before. I I was you know what grumpy. I just remembered I bought the fancy bacon at the store and it didn't taste like bacon. I'm dumb. What can I say? Like a caveman. I was thinking to myself. I bought the fancy bacon. It would taste good. It tasted like ham. And I was like, I was duped. Like that was the point. Grumpy. Hold on. You were duped, or is it just his thing? If Paige would have done the shopping, would she have gotten European bacon? European bacon. That sounds like another name for a T-shirt. European bacon. Canadian bacon. Good job, TJ. Mm, grumpy old man. We got a comment here from Robert W. saying, do you guys think we made a lousy decision trading Carter for Hagee? And again, grumpy old man, this is just here for the stats for you. Last year he played there in the Tampa Bay Lightning. And again, because if you're not if you're not an Islander fan, you didn't watch Bridgeport or anything like that, this is a name that necessarily you don't think of too much. I mean, he's playing in a small market there for the Florida Panthers right now. But so far, 17 games in the season, Carter Verhage, seven goals, six assists, 13 points through 17 games, grumpy old man. Last year, he didn't light the world on fire for Tampa, but they're a team that didn't need, I guess, more offensive production there um, from Verhage. So he only had, uh, in 52 games, 13 points. But, yes, he was a part of the the Islanders uh, organization, played for the, for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers for a bit. Uh, is producing so far this season for the Florida Panthers, Grumpy. Okay. The whole thing is if they don't like – if they don't feel a certain player fits the mold, they move him out. I mean, they never – they're never. he was probably never going to get a shot. I don't know what his plus minus is. Uh, but if he doesn't play – if you don't play a solid defensive game, you're not going to play under this uh, coach. Just not going to happen. Plus minus Grumpy old man. The crazy thing about it, Carter for hate – this is kind of almost hard to believe, Grumpy Old Man. Carter Verhage's plus minus for every year for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers was a po- – again, plus minus is not an end-all, be-all, but he had a positive plus minus every single year. 
for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. And every actual AHL season he played in, he's had a positive plus minus up to this point in his career. He had not had a negative plus minus since um, the OHL days he played for the Niagara Ice Dogs back in 2013-2014. But the craziest thing about it is last season for the Tampa Bay Lightning, he actually had a negative plus minus crumpy old man. First time since 2013-2014, negative nine. But right now with the Panthers, plus eight on the plus minus. Again, plus minus is not an end-all be-all. It's just like one of those tiny stats to take in consideration. Um, but again, he's scoring goals. He's putting up points. Uh, I don't watch too many Florida Panther games. I really can't tell you as to what role he's playing. So I mean, like, when, I guess when I look at it on paper, who knows? I mean, the whole thing is – Look at who played on our team last year, though. All veterans. The lines were full. Everything was great with the world. We don't give young guys a shot. How old is he, like 24, 25? 25 years old, grumpy old man. 25 years old now. I mean, I, I mean, I can't say yes because I can't say it was a bad move because I don't feel he was ever going to get a shot here. I mean, so that's why they moved him out. And that's the frustrating thing. It's like we don't give – we don't we don't even give ourselves the opportunity to mix things up when they're not working. We're so structured and set in what we want to do and how we want to do it with whatever players we have. If they play that system, that's just what we're going to do. And if you don't fit that mold, you're not going to play on this team. And he was he was he was traded back in 2017 just for just for your record, grumpy old man of the listeners. But and it is a while ago. But just he was in the Islanders organization in some capacity there for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers years ago, and now he's made his chance up there, and he's and he seems to be making it stick here, grumpy. One thing I can say is if he was at the Islanders now, he would have nowhere near that many points and goals. Absolutely not. Well, if he had seven goals, he'd be tied for second on the team in goals with Jordan Everly. <laughs> so think about that. Who's, who's leading us in goals right now? Anders Lee. Oh, God. What, uh, what are you, oh, God, about? You should be happy, grumpy old man. Anders Lee's producing. He gets paid a lot. I'm glad he's producing better than he did last year. He has eight goals? Eight goals, I believe, Grump. Can't believe it. Grumpy old man, I told you, Anders Lee is, he's definitely, he's Captain Average. He's Captain Average now, Grump. I need you to upgrade him to Captain Average. Not happening. Grump, I need you to. I don't care what you need. It's not happening right now. He's going to have to play. I have to actually notice him out there. Oh, grumpy old man. I'm going to have to write into Anders Lee like a child would for a Christmas list. Dear Anders Lee, please score another hat trick so grumpy old man will call you Captain Average. Sincerely, TJ from the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'd love that. <laughs> oh, grumpy old man. Uh, Tommy Baffy. Hey, gents. Hey, Tommy. Um, here we go. David C. also saying here, grumpy, uh, would you trade Lad's contract in Leo to the Sabres for Skinner? I think playing with Barzal would reignite him. Absolutely. But why would Buffalo do that? Buffalo wouldn't do that. Why would they? There's no reason they want Lad's contract. Well, here's, here's the thing, though, grumpy. Lad has less 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 term attached to that contract and again like with with leo that's another contract that comes off the book sooner rather than later where jeff skinner has got a massive amount still tied to that contract what is it still another six or seven years tied to the contract yeah but he's still young enough where he can improve i don't think you've seen all right he's not a player like a lad or a uh, uh anders lee 
whose game is going to depreciate with age. It's not the style he plays. He doesn't get involved physically. So he's going to keep – I think he'll age like Jordan Eberle has, which has been pretty well. Uh, but like I said, there's no way Buffalo would ever make that deal. Well, again, I'm not sure how much you expect Jeff Skinner to produce production-wise or increase to produce production-wise, Grumpy. He is 28 years old. Yeah. I mean, Lad's what? I mean, how old Lad and Leo? It's not, it's not about how how old Lad and Leo are, Grumpy. It's about giving them the cap relief they need. That's, I think, what, what David C. is trying to suggest here, right? Jeff Skinner quite obviously has not worked this season, and I think they're kind of, they're healthy scratching him. And that means they're obviously quite frustrated, and if you continue to see the lack of production, I mean, he's been on the bottom six pairing. How much more until they start looking for ways, if at all, to try to ship off Jeff Skinner? I think that's something to continue to observe because remember, Grump, Jeff Skinner still does have a lot of terms still attached here to that contract. His he's not a free agent until the end of twenty until twenty twenty seven. Well, who does that sound like? Who else? Do we have anybody else on our team who's extended out that far? Here's my question for you, Grump. I know that Jeff Skinner has produced in the past. Again, just to play devil's advocate. Jeff Skinner, 28-year-old guy, has seven years attached to his contract. I think he's making roughly about, what is it, 10 years? He's making $10 million a year, a cap hit of $10 million a year. If he had produced and one of our players had produced only one goal and zero assists, but he has produced in the past, would you ever entertain the idea of bringing somebody like that in if he didn't have the name of Jeff Skinner? What was his name? Josh Bailey? One goal? Josh Bailey? I'm just saying, well, Grumpy, think about it. Jeff Skinner's tied with more cap than any player on our team, and he's got another seven years to the contract. Yeah, I, I think something else is going on there for that to be – for the problem that he's having there, honestly. the he's kid not has, producing. Yeah, but the kid has talent. I mean, he has, he has individual skill that he's not – he has an actual skill. Like I said, I just don't think the Sabres are going to make it, would make a deal like that. You know what? If Lou wants to roll that out there, I would take him to get rid of those two guys. Absolutely. Well, again, just and I just want to provide the context here. Uh, last year through a shortened season, didn't put up a crazy amount of points, 22 points there, or 23 points there in 59 games. Again, through 14 games so far this season, zero goals, one assist. I will tell you this much, Grumpy. Um, to play devil's advocate, I'm not sure you can bring in a guy like him. Uh, to the organization just because the amount of – I think he can score. He's a sniper. You can't bring in a guy like that who's still got another seven years attached, and he would be the highest-paid player on our team. I'm just not yeah. sure that would fly. Yeah, that would be problematic. And also, the biggest problem is he doesn't play the system that Barry Trotz likes to play. So, that to me, that's the biggest drawback. But talent-wise, uh, I think he's vastly superior to the other two guys. The thing is, like, I think he would produce with a guy like Matt Barzal. I, I, he hasn't produced. I, I, I'm kind of left scratching my head a little bit. I think Buffalo is – I think we're going to see the wheels fall off for Buffalo this season. It's going to get ugly. And it, it's – you think about it, right? I mean, Rasmus Dolan, you're kind of like, okay, production has been there. He's still a young defenseman, but still not where probably he would like to be on a personal level. And Taylor Hall has been – you know, they've been they've been uh, leaving some room to be desired. Their five on five play isn't great so far this year either. Right, and that brings us to the other rumor that Jack Eichel wants out. You know, why is why is the best player on your team who you you built you've built your team around him want out? So that could be part of Skinner's problem also. I mean, Taylor Hall has he done much this year? No. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously something's wrong up there in Buffalo besides just living up in Buffalo. Uh, I think, you know, there's something else maybe with the coach or whatever. I don't I don't follow them close enough, honestly. Uh, but when you have your the star of your franchise want out and this guy's not performing and the other big free agent that they picked up in Hall, this, they're not performing, something's going wrong there. Hmm. Grumpy Man, I have a few more comments we're going to go through here. Scott L. saying, Islanders organization is first class. I lost my wife in June. Sorry to hear that, Scott, um, to COVID. Oh, yeah, sorry to hear that, Scott. Um, and Matt Martin was her favorite player, on favorite Islanders player. Matt Martin's a heartthrob. He's a lot of ladies' favorite player. Um, I sent them an email about my situation, and they sent me a signed photo of Matt Martin with a personalized letter to me. It was very touching. I'll tell you one thing. We said, again, sorry to hear that, uh, Scott. Um, terrible to hear that happen there. Uh, the Islanders organization, always top class. And, and I'll tell you one thing. Matt Martin is a fan favorite for an absolute reason. Yeah, there's a reason why we all love this franchise, and that's just that's part. Once again, really sorry to hear that, Scott, about your wife. Um, and but TJ's right; the women love Matt Martin. I can see. I, I'm not going to slam you, but uh, I could see why uh, he was her favorite for certain. Uh, <laughs> all the women just love him; they love him. Uh, but they are an absolute first-class organization, second to none, honestly. I mean, because I've had dealings with them in the past, and they've been nothing. And this is when they were a bad team. They've been nothing but nice and cordial to me. So, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm not ripping the organization at all. Just the fossils play, uh, player moves, that's all. Oh, grumpy old man. Uh, Tom Baffy wants to say – he said, I heard a rumor. The grumpy old man will be in the stands on March 18th with his I Love Lou t-shirt. Holy grump, we are going to need to make an I Love Lou t-shirt. Is that what I think? You, I think I think we should make you wear that sometimes too, grumpy. I think like there should be we should have to make cordial little bets, like a little um, little wagers, grumpy old man, as to what shirt if it's going to really pain you to wear a shirt like that, grumpy. I actually this is a good idea, Tommy. You're on to something here, Tommy. There is absolutely no shirt that I will not wear. I don't care. Anytime that I get free clothes, I'm all for it. Now, see, but I was looking at I didn't realize that was I love Lou. I thought it was – and actually, I thought it was turned the wrong way. I said, I'm greater than three Lou's. That's what I thought it should have been, actually. Let's flip that. Uh, are we keeping you awake, TJ? Uh, no, 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 no. It's not if you're keeping me awake, Grumpy. I, I know you don't have social media, Grumpy old man, but that – I. That's a heart sign. That's not a greater than three. That 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 equals a heart sign, grumpy old man. It's well, it's like an old emoticon, grumpy. It's like well, the actually, old image. Actually, it was less than three, but I assumed it should have been um, greater than three, Lou Lamarillos. That I actually thought it was an ice cream cone or something. Um, but I guess okay, it's love, Lou. Okay, yeah, I, I don't wear that shirt. I was I was bat I was baffled that you didn't know that that was a hard grumpy old man. I'm glad I'm glad I was able to decipher that though for you. And I do. I've always loved Lou Costello. I thought he was absolutely hilarious. He and Abbott. I thought they well, I have to make sure it's I love Lou Lamarillo. Maybe I love Lou, but Grumpy. Yeah, we we're gonna have to do something. I'm gonna get on this Grumpy with the merch for certain. Um, Brian John. Now this is from earlier. I almost was tempted to show you it immediately, Grumpy. Uh, but here it is. Brian J saying, "Have you ever seen something about Mary Grump?" Yes, I have. And he says, how about the hair Ooh. gel there? Ooh, looks great. Hey, I don't know how he lost it, but he sure did. Oh, it's hanging off his ear. Good for you, Ben Stiller. That's quite a shot. <laughs> well, I gotta say. 
Um, I'll tell you. And Joe Fitzpatrick, uh, Joe Joe F saying here, uh, I'm sure about Ryan Pulak. He couldn't hit water if he was standing on the other end of the pier. Yeah, it's the truth. Some guys are just like that, can't hit the net. He's one of them. So is Gene Carr. Same thing. Mm, grumpy old man. Yep. And here it is. Tommy also saying, Anders Lee, eight goals, people, in 18 games. I'll tell you, I've been very happy with the production Anders Lee's had so far this season. It's reassuring to see him have a bounce back year. That's all. I was really worried a guy who played his physical style and physical brand of game. He started to have a little bit of a poor year. I was wondering if this is more we would expect it. Again, I'm glad to see he is having a little bit of – he's having a resurgence this year, Rumpy. It's the Matt Rosell effect. I'm not his thing. I didn't realize he had eight goals. I thought he had six. Um, but it's the Matt Barzal effect. Like I said, high tide lifts all boats. That goal he scored the other night, he had nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing. It was Matt Barzal, that whole goal. And, and that's a good point, Tommy. And again, like I know we're talking about Devontae's having four goals for the Islanders. He would not, or he would not, or having four goals for the Colorado Avalanche. He would not have four goals for the Islanders at this point. That is absolutely 100%. We just play a different system. But I, think, oh, I always do think it's interesting just to go ahead and point it out because we're not, I think we're going to, our defensive, our goals contribute, our goals scored by defensemen, I think, is going to be dead last in the NHL this season. Again, it's not a huge issue, but it's always something to take note of when you have guys who leave our system. And they're, you know, they're going to be scoring more goals possibly than the entire defensive core. Ah, so. Well, anyone, anyone who leaves this, uh, our system winds up scoring more goals somewhere else. I mean, it's just the style we play. We're not, we're not predicated on trying to score goals, really. If it happens, it happens. But it's about playing defense. But the bigger number is Devontae's, what's he, 24, 25, 25 years old now? Yeah. You know, that's, to me, that's the bigger number. 20, you trade away a 25-year-old defenseman. Oh. Top four 25-year-old defenseman. Again, neither here nor there, Grump. I don't want to get you all riled up over that. Uh, Sal P saying, uh, to me, it seems like a confidence issue there with Pulak. He just doesn't seem to believe in his shot. Um, he's another in a long list of players on his team who don't seem or ever get pissed off and angry about how they're playing. I want to see some fire from these guys. I've told you this before sometimes. And again, like I think Barry Trotz is not a guy who gets all that fiery. Sometimes he does, but like there have been moments where I've seen, like I've always as a fiery player and like to see fire from a coach sports are different depending on what sports you're in. But I always want to see fire from certain players. There's a lot of players on the Islanders team. If they had the same fire and compassion from Matt, like as like a Matt Barzal or Jean-Gabriel Peugeot shows, and even an Anders Lee, they show that compassion. They show that energy. They show that vigor when things go poorly. And they show that they want a lot of guys on this team are just kind of like, up, but up, but up. And they don't have that. But for the guys who do, I mean, like you notice it. Yeah. I think he wants his defenseman to be nice and calm and relaxed. I don't think he wants anyone who's thinking anything negative, not too high, not too low. You know, with a team that's predicated on playing defense, you want an even keel from your defenseman. You want somebody who's hot one minute and cold the next. Uh, I just don't think that that's what Barry Trotz wants. I don't think he wants that from any of his players. He wants everyone to be on no-dos out there. That's what we play. And Tommy as well saying here, Mayfield's a third-pairing defenseman. That's who he is. I believe he definitely is a third-pairing defenseman. I'm just saying for him, the last two seasons, he was paired with, you know, Devon Taves, even though it wasn't, two, I guess, two years ago now. It wasn't the whole season. It was after Thomas Hickey went out that he was paired there with Devon Taves. Um, they, 
they did a really good job. And last year they did a very valiant job as well. I thought they played well defensively and they, they did a good job there as a top four defense pairing. And I'm just saying, I think it, it was noticeable now that we see Nick Letty with Scott Mayfield and we see, the, the mistakes are just magnified for Scott Mayfield. I think we're noticing how many holes and how many deficiencies Devontae was able to cover that Scott Mayfield has. And that brings you back to the earlier comment about talent, right? I mean, Devontae's made Scott Mayfield a better player, better than he really is. Because I feel that Scott Mayfield's also, also a third-pair defenseman. But I'm going to tell you what, Nick Letty is his third-pair defenseman at this stage of his career. Their lack of communication is what bothers me. I don't understand how they can't get it together, honestly. They've been on the team together for years, and even though they haven't played together, it's like, come on, fellas. I mean, you've been playing together now for just about 20 games. I mean, you should have that communication. Sometimes it's like one's on one side of the ice, the other's on the other side, and people just skating right down the middle. And it's like, fellas, what are you doing? It's just frustrating. But it just shows how good Devontae's were and how I feel that – organizationally, we really made a mistake letting him go. Yeah, well, at least for the price that we did. Uh, I've always believed that, Grumpy, and I still will. He was definitely we, – we got underpaid for a talent, the top four defenseman that Devontae's is. Um, a, a, you know, a unilateral top four defenseman across the league. Uh, Brian B. saying, when is Lou leaving? Can we get him a train ticket? Uh, no time soon. I will be interested. You know, here's something that's interesting to say. I think, and again, this is nothing, this topic that I'm bringing up has nothing to do with the performance that Lou Limerillo has done. I think he's done a lot of good things. He's done a few questionable things for certain also. Lou Limerillo is getting up there in age. Seriously, let's think about it. How many general man, How many general managers do you see at the age of 80 or late 70s in the NHL? They should be grooming someone right now to take over for him. And I'm not saying he's leaving. I mean, you could always kick him upstairs like they did in Toronto. But at some point in time, what you don't want to have happen is Lou just all, you know, maybe a health issue comes up or he just can't do it anymore and he just walks away. Because I think that would be catastrophic for our team. It really would. And, you know, hey, I'm critical, but there's certain things that he does very well, some behind the scenes things that he's very, very good at still to this day. But they should be grooming someone right now. And I don't want it to be Chris Lamarella. That much I can tell you. I do do not want to see the nepotism thing come in here. Do you want to know how upset I would get grumpy old man if Chris Lamarilla was just saying, hey, come on, you've inherited the role. Holy crap. I mean, what 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 have they done down there? And again, like I understand the AHL team is only going to be as good as you really essentially draft, but man oh man. <laughs> Maybe Trotz will retire and they can move Thompson up to be the head coach. How about that? And then people will be asking, are we going to win any games in an 82 game season? <laughs> oh, grumpy old man. Uh, and Tommy also saying here, Islanders know they have uh, Bolduck and Sallow coming on the left side, both not far off. I, was about, I, I will tell you one thing. I think they are ready to step in. I mean, I think Bolduck leads the Bridgeport Sound Tigers in points this season, which is, uh, and again, like that first year down there, really playing professional hockey there for Bridgeport. Man, oh, man. I don't know if he's ready yet. Um, he's not going to get a shot this year and probably not next year. I mean, the expansion draft is going to be really interesting to see who the Kraken draft, uh, you know, but it depends on who we expose, right? 
I've already let everyone here know I'd expose everybody with a big contract except for Matt Borzell. Everybody else, you're exposed. I want them to take one of those contracts off our hands because it's not like anyone on this team is so great who makes a whole lot of money that we can't replace them. So that would be – that's my goal. And, you know, if they take a Nicoletti, maybe that gives a chance for a, a Bullduck to step in or a Salo to step in next year. But, you know, as we've seen, we really don't want to get rid of any of the old guys. We'd much rather sacrifice young guys, a Kiefer Bellows, for instance, or a Scott Mayfield where those guys are cheaper, those are the guys you want to keep. Here's my question too, Grumpy, right? Sebastian Ajo is going to be on – I don't know if you mentioned it. Sebastian Ajo is going to be on a one-way deal next season. So, and again, like I'm not sure what type of value he has across the league, but I know he's on a very manageable contract that he's got one year left. And try to tell me like if he goes through waivers, somebody won't say, you know what, he's a moderately young age player. He produced well in Bridgeport, you know, two – last year and even though he really hasn't played any games at all because he's been on the taxi squad he hasn't played for bridgeport yet this season he hasn't played for the islanders try to tell me somebody wouldn't take a waiver on a guy like that if he's not going to be you know if he's going to be waived in some capacity because he's going to be he's going to be on that one-way deal next year has andy green been that sensational this year that you couldn't have slid him in and played him at least a couple of games i mean if somebody gets injured you're going to ask in essence, either he or Hickey ugh, uh, is going to come in and step into this lineup, and they haven't played all year long. And then you're going to say, well, gosh, these guys look terrible out there. Well, yeah, they haven't played all year long. I mean, I just don't understand why they don't give some some of these guys a shot, at just, just to give them a shot to keep their legs fresh. Or here's another thing, to just keep them motivated. Yes, you have a shot to play. Because I think that a lot of guys, that's what happens. Like, I have no shot of making this team, which is average talent-wise. You know, it kind of got to bring you down, right? Well, okay. I'm excluding the it's average side, grumpy old man, because we're definitely an above-average team. Um, if we were average, we would be not making the playoffs year over year. We are making the playoffs and moving. So, uh, okay, I understand talent-wise. I just said average talent-wise. I didn't say as a team. Okay, gotcha. I understand. I, I, as as I mentioned it, I'm like, okay, I understand the point you're making here, Grumpy. Um, but I mean, think about it. If Aho or Hickey has to be thrown in the lineup due to an injury there of a defenseman, those guys have not played NHL minutes in a long time. I mean, Sebastian Aho hasn't played up uh, with the Islanders since the Doug Wait time period. So yep. the 2000, the 2017, 2018 season. I mean, we're in 2021 right now, and it's almost two years for Hickey. Not that I'm complaining. <laughs> it's 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 been a long time. So again, like I have no issue at all as as the season continues and as you're starting to play more of these situations where you're playing three games in a four day time period. Give Andy Green some rest. Give Andy Green some rest. I have no issue at all with that. And see what the younger defensemen have there. See what Aho has. I mean, you you don't want to be in a situation where Aho has to make it right out of camp or he's got to be a healthy scratch every single night, and you're going to have to wave him and somebody else can pick him up for free with not really knowing what he can produce there on the NHL level. Right. I mean, you know, you're preaching to the choir there, brother. Mm, grumpy old man. I'm sorry. I'm just reading through here a few comments here, grumpy old man. Anything uh, about European bacon? No, none about Canadian bacon. Uh, Tommy's saying, I have a question. Is grumpy old man related to David Cutler? No, he is not. No. <laughs> Smart. If you mean intelligence-wise, then maybe. 
uh tommy b saying also sorry i'm not taking the uh skinner contract i yeah it's i don't i don't think it's an option anyway honestly we we can't afford to take on any more salary uh hornbill music saying skinner's contract sounds perfect for lou maybe he's not old enough for his for a seven-year contract he'd be worth that another two or three years they bring him on but only if he had a series of injuries too Wait till wait till people see the contract extension that Casey Zizekas is going to get. You're going to lose your minds. What do you think, Grumpy? What do you think he's going to get? $4 million a year for three or four years. They'll give him a raise. Why? Why are you giving fourth year? Why are you giving why are you giving fourth line players long-term deals? Like the six million dollar man, like Cal Clutterbuck, like Casey Zizekas. That stays behind. Move that. Wow, Grumpy. I, I don't think he – I mean, Max, I think you can give him the same contract he already had. But, again, even then, I'm still kind of left. Uh... We don't have any money. We have no money. You have young guys who have to sign. Pellick, Bavillier, Sorokin. Those guys are more important to this organization than Casey Zizekas. At some, at some point in time, you have to cut the old dead wood away to let the young guys to flourish. It's like roses, right? You don't just let them go crazy. You prune them back so that they come in uh, better and more full. You can't just let them all scraggle all over the place. It looks like a mess. And uh, Tommy Baffy saying, time for Bavillier to step up now. No goals playing uh, playing for his next contract. The time is now. That's true. You know what I mean? Like as much as we talk about Anthony Bavillier going to need to have a contract extension, if he comes out and lays a dud this season, that you expect to have a cheaper deal for Anthony Bavillier then, I think, as well. I mean, this is this is a huge year for him. I thought he took steps forward last year. He didn't come out of the uh, the gates hot to start the season, and the injury, I'm sure, derailed the momentum a little bit. But it's going to be interesting to see if he could start to establish and regain momentum himself as well. And he's super streaky. That's the thing with Bavillier. He's super streaky. Like, he has no goals, but, you know, two weeks from now, he could have six goals. I mean, that's just – He's a streaky player. Um, myself, I'm, I don't love streaky players unless they're on a hot one. But, you know, I'd much rather have guys who are consistent, kind of like average. I don't know what you're going to get from him, average production. <laughs> uh, David C. saying, uh, Bailey Bailey barely has a pulse. Uh, and Tommy B., this is an interesting one, Grumpy. We've been talking about this a little bit, and I, I, we were going to more talk about this kind of towards the latter half of the season. This is a good question, though. Uh, TJ and Grumpy, I will ask you a prediction on Adam Pellick's future contract as this $1.6 million bargain ends this season. Oh, gosh. I got to figure probably $4 million a year. He's so rock solid defensively for the most part. You're not going to get him on a sweetheart deal again. I mean, he doesn't have any offensive uh, acumen at all. But, I mean, you're going to see probably probably $4 million a year. I mean, think about it. He's going to get four. Sorokin's going to get what? Maybe three. I mean, I don't know. Maybe their plan is not to play him at all, so we can't ask for more money. But let's say he gets $3 million a year. And then Bavillier, what's he getting paid? Like, uh, like almost two a year now, he's going to probably want at least four or three. I mean, I'll put, I'll put, I'll put it to you like this, Grumpy. I, and again, like I've made the comparison in the past. Again, it's not a perfect comparison because um, Dan Hanhuse has produced more points than Adam Pellick 
Will or ever dreams of producing there back during his heyday. But Dan Hamhuse, or I'm thinking towards the end of his career, was a real defensive defenseman when the offensive production was no longer really at the forefront of his game. And again, to expect, I, I think he's going to make at least four and a half, probably five. I mean, think about it. Pulak, and, I, and the reason I was looking up here, grumpy old man, right? Nick Letty making five and a half per year. Ryan Pulak making five million a year. And I know the offensive production won't be there for Pellick, but hell, the offensive production point-wise really hasn't been there for Ryan Pulak this season either. And the goal production hasn't been there for Ryan Pulak this season either. I'm just saying, Grumpy, I think you're looking probably four and a half plus. I think, you know, in an ideal scenario, Ryan Pulak is probably going to want around $5 million a year. I'm not sure if that's what he's going to get. I think if I'm if I'm him, that's kind of the area that I would like to be in. And maybe we'll move him for two third-round picks next year. And we'll keep Letty and give him an extension. Maybe that's the next move for the fossil. Oh, grumpy old man. Uh, Scott L. saying, better not be his son, Chris, when you're talking about who would be another general manager. I hope not. Oh, God. Uh, but seriously, we should be – and here's the thing. We should groom someone who's really good uh, with salary cap and stuff like that. That's what, that's what we really need. Somebody who really negotiate contracts because I think Lou is not good at that anymore. I don't think he was good – in his last few years, but I think the salary cap itself has really hurt him in his ability to GM. It certainly did in Toronto, and it's done it here too. I mean, they need to have somebody else handle the contracts and someone who could stand up to him and say, "You know what? This is what he's going to. This is what he gives us production-wise. He's not worth that. I don't care how loyal a soldier he's been. We need to move on from him." And they need somebody in the room who could actually do that with Lambert. And again, it's almost about every single live streamer podcast. Brian P. also chimes in in the comments saying that Lou has been lost. He's not a good salary cap general manager. So we always give him credit. He's always talking about that as well, Grumpy. Same same opinion that you do share. Okay. Uh, and, and David C. saying, uh, Andrew Gross reported that lethargic Lou wants to hang on for another five years. Oh, I don't know if he's going to live five more years. Is that what they say? He's holding on, hang around, live for five more years? Well, good luck. I hope he does. Well, he wants he wants to be general manager for another five years. Wow! Oh, wow! I mean, he's seven. He's seventy eight years old now. Do you really want an eighty three year old GM? Come on! I mean, really? Do you really want an eighty three year old GM where he's like the great great grandfather of some of these players? <laughs> I mean, right? Eighty three. You got guys who are twenty. Well, no, I'm sorry. The Islanders don't have anybody who plays with twenty. So. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ignore Dobson and uh, Wallstrom, but most of these guys are in their 30s. I mean, he could certainly be like a great grandfather. Most of these players, late 20s, early 30s. Yeah, grumpy old man. Oh wow, I, I, I do like the point though you bring up. They should have. They should be in the process of grooming somebody. It shouldn't just be a nepotism. Here you go, Chris Lamarillo. You're the next general manager or anything like that. I think that would also help. I mean, they, I think they kind of did the same exact thing in Toronto, right? When they moved Dubas there, and again, like Toronto. I always say this because you're going to get people commenting about it and complaining about it. The Toronto Maple Leafs have not been successful in the playoffs. I know that. Uh, haven't been very successful in the postseason. We understand it. We got it. But I can tell you Kyle Dubas has done a pretty good job of managing what was a pretty a pretty tight cap situation for them. They're going to benefit this year not having to play Boston in the first round. Boston was their kryptonite, and they took them to seven games a couple times. Uh I think Toronto, and you remember at the when we did our preseason predictions, you were Edmonton, and who did I say? I said Toronto, and you're going to see it's going to be Toronto. Claude Julian got fired today uh, by the Canadians. 
They yes, he did. Fourth place, and they got rid of him. What do you think? What do you think? You think uh, Lou would fire Trotz if they didn't make the playoffs? Okay. Well, hold on, Claude. Okay, Claude Julian and the Montreal Canadiens have not been great as of the last few years, Grumpy. So again, like Claude Julian, how long was Claude Julian the, the head coach there? For more than just a year, right, Grump? Yeah, I think two, three, maybe. I can't. I can't remember he's exactly. He's a good coach. He was with Boston before that. He's a good coach. Is he great? No. I would just. I just want to take a shot at Trotz. That's all. Yeah. Again, I'm not sure. I cannot recall off the top of my head how long Claude Julien was there in Montreal. But again, like he was given an ample amount of time, and they've been kind of muttering around their mediocrity. So again, if I'm a Montreal fan, I'm, I'm not. I'm not all that upset about it, grumpy old man. <laughs> <laughs> um, got a few more comments here. Also, uh, Joe F saying uh, Lou is grooming his son and he'll bring Thompson with him. Ugh. I was say to Joe Fitzpatrick, that's quite a spread he's got going on there in that picture. I was about to say, I need to go to Joe Fitzpatrick's house. I'm hungry. I haven't eaten dinner. I'm ready to eat. Yeah, I tell you, man, that's 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 he he's doing it. Oh gosh. And he's also saying, unleash the Kraken on the grumpy old man. Oh goodness. Kraken. <laughs> Kraken girl. We have a history with the Kraken in this area. Mm-hmm. Uh, grumpy old man there. And Tommy Bath, he also saying here, I believe Bulldog will be with the Islanders next season. Uh and Sal will play one more year in Bridgeport. I think like I don't think it'll be a full year in Bridgeport either. I think in an ideal scenario, they would want Bulldog up there with the honors organization one year down there in the a max a year and a half. Maybe he'd be down there half of the year down there in Bridgeport. As soon as like injury happens, he's next guy up type of gig. And that's kind of the same thing with Robin Sal. I think they want to get him used to playing there on the NHL surface and kind of acclimated to the outer system. My whole thing is, is that really going to happen or, you know, because we don't want to play the young guys. And that's the frustrating thing for me. You know, does that – I mean, I know a few – number of podcasts ago, somebody was saying how, you know, Pulak could perhaps get moved out, um, you know, with this two-year contract is up and then slide somebody new in. Well, why don't we slide out Nick Letty now to give some of these young guys a chance? I mean, because he's certainly not performing. You know, what's he, minus eight now? I mean, he's probably worst on the team. He and Mayfield are just terrible. I mean – and I know the plus minus isn't be all end all, but you know when you're on the ice and you're getting scored on all the time, that's not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, grumpy old man, David C saying Grump eighty minutes and no mention of Casper or the three guys they could have drafted in his place. Are you slipping? No, no. I was. I I promised myself I was not going to mention him today, but I've been thinking about it the whole podcast. I'm like, at the end, I'm going to say, you know who I didn't mention, but. You know, now that David brought it up, you know, I don't think Casper's done anything. He got that one lucky goal, and then he's just slid back into the mediocrity that he is while you have McMichael, Kalia, and Tomasino just burning it up down in the minors. Those are the type of guys we need on this team. Oh, grumpy old man. And Scott saying, is Bodie Wild getting lost in the shuffle with Bulldog and Salo merging? Yeah, uh, well, Bodie Wild, he played, Bodie Wild, I think, is he's on the other side, right, Grumpy? He's a right. He's a right defenseman. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, 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 grumpy old man. But that said, I mean, okay, you're in the A. This is your chance to step up. You want to. You want to be in the big leagues. You're gonna have to step up. Just because he was drafted, and I was all for drafting him in the second round when he was still available. You know what? If you're not performing as well as these guys, it's up to you to uh, you know up your game. Because Bolduck and Sallow, well, Sallow, I don't know. He's just here now. But Bolduck certainly has. 
Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you one thing, uh, Sal, again, like I'd be interested to see how Salo produces here coming to the out or coming there to Bridgeport and then the Islanders um, getting some uh, some ice time there on the NHL surface. Uh, I'll tell you, we mention it all the time, but man, oh, man, the Islanders have done a really, really good job of drafting defensemen here as of recent. And Joe F. also saying, grumpy old man, my mom would love you from the pruning the roses comment. She was the queen of roses. Grumpy old man making friends all the time, all over the place. Hey, let me tell you something. If she was a queen of roses, she knew what she was doing, and it's a real talent. I'm not a horticulturist, but obviously Joe's mom was or is. Um, uh, and you know what? I don't mind sending me some roses, particularly around Mother's Day, so I can pawn them off as like I got them for my wife. <laughs> Grumpy old man. Nothing shocks me with you. Grump, I'm going to show you something. And again, you and I do not listen to uh, Eyes on Isles podcast. I don't think I've ever listened, or maybe once, Grump. Have you listened to the Eyes on Isles podcast? Um, actually, I think I did two years ago. I listened for like a couple of minutes while I was walking, and I passed out on the side of the road because it was so boring. So I haven't before. People thought I had narcolepsy. I'm like, no, it was because I was listening to Eyes on Isles. But I do know that they listen to our podcast because they incorporate into the things they write. The National, well, National Hockey League. The, I thought you better say the National Enquirer does that, Grumpy. Well, here you go, Grumpy. I want to show you this. Mike, a dino dangle, listens to the podcast, said my favorite Islander podcast or you know, our podcast, Grumpy Old Man, in Isles on Isles. Uh, Eyes on Isles. And I think all four of you should combine for a mega show one time. Mitch in the Grumpy Old Man uh, would make for a great boxing match. Grumpy old man. Would that be something you would want to do? And again, I'm not sure if Eyes on Isles, I've never listened to their podcast. I need to start, obviously, if that's the case. So I know kind of what their viewpoints are. I assume that Mitch, Grumpy old man, as referred to here, probably does not agree with a lot of the viewpoints you have, Grump. He's probably a kiss ass for the Islanders, then. Uh, but, you know, as opposed to the boxing match, uh, I'm a lover, not a fighter. So. What can I say? I mean, look at the plethora of women on this uh, podcast who just love the grumpy old man. You know, I made sure grumpy to put down their grumpy packs of punch. Also, grumpy old man. I'll tell you. Uh, But yeah, I'll tell you. I I would not be opposed to doing something like that, though. Grumpy, would you? Would you like to do so again? Like, we'll try to reach out. I don't know if they would do something, but I feel like you. I I feel like you would. I assume that that bitch doesn't agree with you, though. I protect. I project that I could most certainly hold my own with them. Here's the thing. I just don't want to hear him talk about Corsi, because you know when you are leaning on Corsi, it means you don't watch the games. And I don't know if they do. I bet they do though. But I, like I said, I read. I read Eyes on Isles. I do. I find it entertaining. I do. I think uh, we traded, uh, you know, a bag of pucks and Thomas Hickey for Johnny Gaudreau. And uh, whoever the goalie is now, I don't know. I'm just making it up. But, you know, those are the type of things that we get from that. Mm, grumpy old man. Sorry. Yeah, again, Mike had a little bit of an issue, Grumpy old man. Hopefully you were able to go ahead and fill the gap. Yeah, I was. Don't worry about it. I'm here for you. Okay. I'm glad, Grumpy old man. Um, gotcha. We are about here towards the end. We have a few additional comments here, Grumpy old man. Uh, before we kind of wrap things up, I know we're about an hour and 30, shorter than our usual podcast, Grumpy. We've been knocking out two hour ones all the time. Um, uh, we got a comment here from Twitter saying, a streaky but not a lacquered effort guy like Eberly or Bailey. And this is talking talking about Bavillier. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. I think that Jordan Eberle has really 
I I think he showed a lot of effort uh, this year. Bailey, not so much. He's had a couple of games where he's played okay, but for the most part, it's been a bad year for Josh Bailey. And the same thing with uh, with uh, Brock Nelson. I think they both struggled mightily, and that's part of you know everyone is expecting them to be how they were in the playoffs last year. That's not who they are as players. They've never been that as a player. They got on a hot streak in the playoffs. It advanced us to the Eastern Conference Finals. But uh, the big picture is they are back to who they are, which is just average players. Another good comment here saying, too, as well, how much realistically do we have to play Pulak to hit a, hit the goalie instead of 20 feet wide? How about, how about every time you don't hit the goalie, you lose – $500 off your, uh, well, 500 that's nothing for a guy. He's making $5 million a year. What about, a grump, as many times as he misses, man, oh, man, that would cut into it. $5,000. Every time you miss the net, it costs you $5,000. So, okay. like, you know, they had to hit him with some type of, like, a punishment, like a conditioning punishment or something like that. Every time you every time you miss, you got to do <laughs> suicide no. at the end of practice. How about this? 5000 if you miss, but you get 5000 if you make. At the end, we come out ahead. And, you know, like the NFL for like the salary cap, they have, you know, not easily obtained goals. So I think he would struggle to hit the net for that, however much he would have to get for those 5000 Hit the net more often than he missed, then, Grumpy, yeah. is what you're saying here. Uh, yeah. Tommy Baffey also saying, can we sign Neil Smith as our next general manager? Laughing, crying faces. Been there, done that. And here's the thing. I thought Neil Smith, I was excited when they named Neil Smith as the GM. Um, and – he only lasted 40 days under Charles Wong. And, I mean, you can't complain about Neil Smith as a GM. He, he led those woeful Rangers to a Stanley Cup uh, with his moves. So, you know, I thought he would have been good here. They had the three-headed monster. Uh, he, LaFontaine, and I forget who the other guy was. Uh, and he only lasted 40 days, and he quit because nobody knew what they were doing. <laughs> he saw he saw the writing on the wall well yeah. before others. Uh, and Brian P saying uh, four years for Claude Julian again, like in the four years he was there, hadn't really done it there for the Montreal Canadiens, and they've been kind of just muttering around there in mediocrity. Time for him to go. Uh, Joe F saying here, I agree with the grumpy old man. Uh, Lou in the salary cap is no bueno. And Tommy has a funny comment, Grump, before I let you comment in here, saying, who leaves first? I thought this was kind of funny. Lou Lamarillo or Joe Biden? Grumpy old man, could yeah. you imagine Could you imagine Lou Lamarillo here for, like, assuming Joe Biden lasts the full presidency, could you imagine Lou Lamarillo here for another four years? Well, I don't think Joe Biden's dying. In, maybe he will. I don't know. But I don't see him dying in the next three and a half years. And I don't see Lou dying in the next three, three and a half years. He looks better than Joe Biden, honestly. Uh, so I'm going to say Lou is here longer than Joe Biden. Oh gosh, grumpy old man! More than four more, more than four more years of Lou Lamarilla. Wow. He, okay, even though I'm not happy with what he's done in acquiring high-end offensive talent, he's he's not a zero. He he can't handle the money though. I mean, it's like you, you don't let your grandpa handle the money because then all the kids are getting like fifty-dollar bills instead of fives. You can't let him do that. Someone has to manage the purse strings for him. Okay, Lou, give this to Johnny, give this to Susie, give this to Billy. You know, it's not so easy. Hey, I'll give out hundreds. No, no, sorry. Grumpy, 
Matt Martin, stop coming back over here. You've just been here for four years for $6 million. You can't come back for another shot at, at, uh, from Grandpa. You can't do it. Grumpy old man, are you getting close to where somebody's going to be handling that for you too, grumpy old man? My wife handles all my finances now. She's in town. <laughs> so she's better at me. She's better than me at that. I'm good at spending it. I'm like Lou Lamarillo that way. Yeah, spend it. <laughs> oh, grumpy old okay, man. Do you need that? Do you need that? Do you need that? Um, I will never forgive Lou for not drafting Fairby. Joel Fairbury's had a good good start there to the season. Again, same draft class there as Oliver Wallstrom and Noah Dobson. Um, he, would not be playing, he would not be playing for us right now because he does not play enough defense. He would not be playing for us right now. Oh, wow. And Tommy Baffy's saying here, I cannot wait till a week away from the trade deadline to hear grumpy old man's take. I can already tell you what's going to happen. Well, Islanders didn't do anything. Islanders, no moves. <laughs> yeah, I think I again like if it, I I don't see there being anything too crazy for that last trade deadline too. But John Gabriel Pajot did pop up there, um, and then Tommy Baffey also saying Isles on Isles a little uh, frowny face. I think I I would enjoy. I think it's nice when we bring people on who have a complete different point of view. I think it would be nice to be like almost like a moderator in a boxing ring with grumpy old man and somebody who's one hundred percent Pollyanna Islanders all the way. Again, like I know as much as you like to try to brand me as that grumpy, I think I'm relatively in the middle. I try to be as milquetoast in a sense fitter and a fence sitter as possible, grumpy old man. Boy, if that doesn't, if that's not you in a nutshell, sit on the fence. Yep, that's what you do. Don't take a risk. Don't go out there. I do. I do take. I do take occasional risks. And again, like my risks are things that necessarily people don't really have thoughts on. Like I, I but a lot of those grumpy old man. I try to like. I try to look at it from both sides. That's all, grump. Maybe it should be. The Grumpy Old Man and Melvin Milk Toast. Maybe that's who it should be. Maybe we should rename the podcast. Uh, grumpy Old Man. Uh, David C. saying, we need to see a show while the Islanders are playing. TJ doing play-by-play with Grumpy as the analyst. Well, you do not want to see that. I'm going to guarantee you that. You do not want to see that. I yell at the TV, and I curse at it because I do have a direct influence on how the team plays. And I'm going to tell you what. There are guys, you know my favorites, they get shredded. And you know what? It's really unfair because they're so bad that now I just look for them to be bad. So sometimes I'll miss if other players do something incorrectly because I'm too busy tunneling on those losers on the roster who do things wrong all the time. Like Josh Bailey. Ugh. I, I will tell I'll tell you for this for this comp, well, grumpy old man that would be funny to do like as role playing to do once <laughs> I wouldn't mind doing it grumpy old man it could be funny um, I think it would be funny there maybe as like a, just like a one off like a little pod or live get a live stream I had to look this up because I thought it was a spelling error I'm like who is a Henny Youngman he was so, old, he was an old comedian he uh, used to play a violin and he tell jokes these one liners take my wife please. <laughs> let me put it to you like this grumpy i i want i was i didn't know if i was going to show the comic because i thought it was just a massive spelling error and i had to look it up i'm like who is henny youngman grumpy old man he was a really all right great he was a classic comedian back then and he was funny and his favorite line take my wife please that was his big that was his big thing <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Brian P saying, "Isles on Isles will say we're getting McDavid for Komarov." Yeah. SNL of trade ideas. Absolutely, 
without a doubt. That that's what they do. I mean, but it's fun. It's fun to I honestly I enjoy it. I mean, they obviously put some thought into it. They're like, what's the most ridiculous thing that I could possibly say? And we'll throw it out there. I mean, they're just doing it for content and clicks, and I don't blame them. Uh, you know, like I said, they get clicks from me, so they're doing their job. I guess if you look at it like that, if you make them so outrageous, some people might buy into it. And some people are going to hate it so much that you're still going to get the end desired result of the click and the form of compensation you'd like. And it's one like where you click on one, oh, the top three of something you click. Oh. And then, oh, here's the second one. Click. Here's the third one. Click. So they get three clicks. I think, it, you know, it's, it's gaming the system, but whatever. I hate that. I think Bleacher Report was the first nonsense to do that where you had to click every single one of them. It's a way for them to load a new ad on the page. It's like, oh, my gosh. Man, oh, man, I hate that. I did not know they did. Again, I don't read too many of their articles. I, like, and If I do, I just don't really notice who it's from. I really don't pay attention to who it's written from. Or like, I'll occasionally look who it's written by, uh, grumpy old man. But, man, oh, man, I hate the little click websites. Uh, Scott L saying here, Nelson and Invisible. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just read Invisibility. I love it. Hold all applause and laughter towards the end of the comment, grumpy old man. Nelson and Invisibility do, are uh, not doing much this year, but what they're making have been under Trotz's system they need to produce. I don't expect them to produce, honestly, because I don't. I just don't think they're that good. The, the big disappointment for me is the regression in Brock Nelson. And I mentioned it. I wonder if he's hurt somehow because his skating is just poor or maybe he's, I don't, I don't know. He just, it just seems like he's lethargic out there. And you and one thing you can say, he hasn't been like that under Barry Trotz. Bailey's always been what he is, which is nothing. So I don't expect, and he's to me, he's not as, he's not any worse than he's ever been. I mean, He's still the king of the secondary assist. He's very good at that, uh, but that's about it. Uh, and then Tommy also saying there to uh, Brian's comment, a five-year-old become of more realistic traits. Grump, it means I really I really do want to get on. I, I've never listened to their podcast. I can tell you one thing I want to do. I'm going to listen to their podcast to understand what their thought process are. To listen again, I've never listened, Grumpy. You said it's relatively boring. You think I'm pretty boring, so maybe they're right up my alley. They're – they're like I said, it's been a long time. So I listened to them once because like I said, I walk during the day. Oh, nice little cat there. Uh, I walk, you know, for an hour every day at lunch. And so I'll put on a podcast and I'll listen, but now I listen to something else. I listened to one and it was just, it, I don't know. I didn't think it was that good. I, I don't know, but it was a while ago. Maybe they're better. And I don't even know who this Mitch character is, but. Mm -hmm. uh, David uh, P saying, uh, "How many Islanders or how many players will we lose in the expansion draft?" I guess you're saying, "Hey, if we go ahead and trade players to the uh, the Kraken, the Seattle Kraken, and say you have to take X Y Z player off our team, and we'll give you this prospect, the draft pick, et cetera, et cetera." I'm okay. not sure, Grumpy. Okay, first of all, stop overthinking it. The question is one: you can only lose one player in the expansion draft. Unfortunately for us, that is because I put all the old guys and make a lot of money on there, and hopefully they pick two or three and get us out of loose salary cap jail. <laughs> oh goodness gracious, grumpy old man! Uh, people also yell at the. Yep, yeah, here it is in the take my wife, please. Take my okay. wife, please, absolutely. 
and also Sal P saying uh, Henny Youngman had a scene in Goodfellas in the in the uh, in the in the Copa. That's right. <laughs> great movie. Great movie. Uh, and David C saying Grump, no singing tonight. I guess you At have it. Copa, Copa Cabana, the <laughs> hottest spot north of Havana. Hey, it's the Barry Manilow. Oh goodness, Grumpy. Hey, Barry Manilow was real popular with the ladies too. I think he still is. But the ladies weren't popular with him, if you know what I mean. <laughs> a grumpy old man. We're right at the end. I want to get your predictions here. Uh, next live stream. Oh, my gosh, Grump. What time is there Sunday game, Grumpy Old Man, against the Penguins? You know the time it's being played. I hope it's not an evening game, Grumpy. Well, I thought we were doing our podcast Saturday night after the Saturday night game. This is an odd one just because it's a back-to-back. I mean, like I think we should probably try to do it there on Sunday. It's Sunday at 4 o'clock. And it's Sunday at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, Grumpy Old okay, Man. The people who listen to the podcast – they know when it's supposed to be every week. Now you want to upset the apple cart? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, Grump. I, I'm just thinking maybe it's gonna be better, Grumpy old man. I, I don't want you to go in with only two games, Grump. I think I think it's good if we go ahead and we have the live stream and the podcast after that, Grumpy old man. After the Sunday game, so we'll have three more games of context and content mm-hmm. to talk about. Okay. So, but we'll, we'll, I'll I'll float it on social media. I know you don't have social media, and no matter what they say, I guess I could just lie to you because you don't have social media. Um, <laughs> grumpy old man, but we'll, we'll try to do it there. There after uh Sunday, the game, grumpy old man. We'll make sure to post it on social media as to what we do here just to fill everybody on the loop. Grump, is there anything else you want to say before we kind of wrap the podcast up today? No, I just want to say thank you everybody for listening. And you know, we have a great time, have a little bit of fun. Uh, we put we put product, product in our hair, unlike some people on the island, family. Uh, those are just things we do. To get this podcast going. Yep, to look presentable. I understand, Grumpy. Thank you so much, everybody, who participated here in the live stream. Love seeing the comments here flowing in, being able to interact here with people who do listen to the podcast. Uh, Grumpy and I, two avid Islander fans who love talking Islanders hockey and sports in general. Thank you so much, guys, for listening there to the live stream. We'll be posting, whether it's going to be Saturday or Sunday. We'll make sure to keep you guys there in the loop. Thank you, Grumpy, and thank you so much for everybody who had a chance there to participate here in the live stream today. Again, if you weren't able to catch a live stream, the best way to listen is always by checking out the YouTube channel. So at least you could see the references Grumpy's throwing around out there too. I thought, oh, I was leaving it open for you to say something, Grumpy. Fair enough. Hey, no problem. I know how to use YouTube. Oh, my God. I don't even want – I really hope you do, and that's not just like a joke, Grumpy old man. No, I do. I I access YouTube often. Not our stuff, but other things. You scared me when you didn't know – emoji was so i didn't i didn't know if you're being serious about the youtube no i know what it is i i do it i i mean i, I watch old hockey games old football games that's what i do yeah i love it and you know what here when you get old like me you watch something from the 1980s hey who won that game i don't know let's watch it <laughs> and usually they only put games that are close you know who's going to put up a game that's like 55 to nothing a football game nobody so you're going to watch it hey boy that was close <laughs> it's like a brand new game i got it well thank you grumpy so much for being a part of the podcast here my pleasure